and welcome to the WRSU crew. It's the Monday crew. Chris Akonis along with Dennis Geisler and Raj Shah. Gentlemen, we have won a Big Ten football game for the first time since 2017. Dennis Geisler, how are we doing on this Monday? I'm very excited. That was, I, Rutgers won a game. That's so cool. As a long-suffering Rutgers fan uh, of one year, uh, I've got to say this is a this is a really big moment, and I, I, I'm just really glad to see this team get uh, the win that all us long-suffering fans like me uh, deserve. Yeah, and I guess I want to bring in to give us uh, some longer-term perspective here is everyone's favorite super senior, Raj Shah. You're in your sixth year at Rutgers and at WRSU Sports. You are the last survivor of the Kyle Flood era. Raj, how you feeling? Yeah, no, I mean, that's correct. I can't believe Dennis – I can't let Dennis get away with that. A longtime suffering fan, I mean – yeah, I mean, last season was pretty bad. I think it was the worst out of the five years I've been here at Rutgers, for sure. But to say that you're a longtime suffering fan, I mean, you didn't, you haven't missed, you've missed a lot. Um, I think 2016 ranks up right there with it, with all the blowout losses. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I think uh, it was nice. It was, it was for the first time, I would say, in a long time that I really enjoyed watching a Rutgers football game. Um, you know, it, it's 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 not the same feeling you get as winning against Liberty, but to beat Michigan State for the first time in 16 years, especially the first time in, since joining the Big Ten, and especially the way we the way that Rutgers did it, uh, I, I thought I thought it was absolutely great. I mean, that scoreline does not resemble that. That was absolute demolition of, of Michigan State by Greg Schiano and his squad, and and all props. I think Rutgers is back on the map finally. Yeah. Um... I, I think you summed it up pretty well, Raj. Now, I, I guess I want to ask you guys. I'll start with you, Dennis, and we'll go over to Raj. Uh, what are your uh, key takeaways from what you saw in that opening game against Michigan State? I've got mine, but I want to hear from you guys first. Uh, I think my—I I honestly think my biggest takeaway was how well that the defensive line played. Um, not just enforcing a lot of fumbles onto— uh, Brock Lombardi or Rocky Lombardi, sorry. But um, also just being ahead at the line, getting sacks, getting tackles for loss. Michigan State was not able to do a whole lot in the running game, and it made them very one-dimensional and made it so that Rocky Lombardi had to have the ball most of the time. I think it was just very well done on the end of the defensive line, um, more than anything else on the defensive end. And, I would say a lot of that win was the defense. So I, I have to give a lot of credit to them in particular. And we were talking about it before the week um, because the defensive line coach had to um, leave. And we were wondering, okay, is how's this defensive line going to play? Apparently the answer is very well. So uh, I think that's my big takeaway. Uh, how about you guys? Raj. Yeah. Um, I think... I, I was just pleasantly surprised by, of course, that the defensive line was about as good as it was advertised. I think Michael Dunford had a fantastic game to transfer Michigan. He came with a couple of key stops and fourth down. But I think our biggest concern and what most Rutgers fans were concerned was about the offense. I mean, it's just been so anemic in the past. 
And there were a lot of question marks going in with the offensive line. But from what I saw, I know Michigan State doesn't have the best pass rush in the Big Ten, but that offensive line held up pretty well. Of course, Novedro threw an interception, and there were times where he was under pressure. But because he's such a mobile quarterback and – and, and overall, the protection seemed good enough for Vedral to have enough time to drop back in the pocket and use his legs to make a play at the end of the day. I mean, he doesn't have amazing stats, 18 for 29, 170 yards, but Rutgers has a good run game. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco was able to get many yards after, um, you know, a- after passing the line of scrimmage. His offensive line held up pretty well, and I was pleasantly surprised by that. I think the defense did a really good job. I mean, seven turnovers, you have to give them a lot of credit. I think what I saw from this game was it always – what, what I really learned was Rutgers always had the pieces on both of its defense and offensive units to make the plays. They just needed a few more of them, uh, a few more experienced members to come onto the team like a Brendan White, like an Eric Cruikshank who won it before at other Big Ten or organizations. And it really allowed the other younger players to shine. The talent is there, no, by far. The talent is there. Trey Avery and Avery Young had a very good game. And um, it, it looks very promising. If this is year one, it looks very promising. Now, and this is really interesting because not only do you, you know, get off with a emphatic win, not just a win. Like, I thought Rutgers, if they won that game, uh, it would be an ugly uh, 13-10, 17-13 kind of game, kind of a slugfest, if you will. But... You know, Vedral didn't put up flashy numbers, but the offense was well-functioning. It got the job done when it needed to. And, you know, defense, as you mentioned, Raj, was fantastic. And they were forcing turnovers, and they were playing aggressive. It just sort of had that kind of bite to it that you never saw under Chris Ash or Nunzio Campanelli. Or It feels like that was such a big part of Rutgers' identity the first time Greg Schiano was in charge. And... Almost overnight, it's come back. So I think that surprised me more than anything. And the other thing I want to take, I want to throw out there, and I'll see if you guys agree or disagree with it. I think that while, you know, Greg Shano brought in some really good transfers, we can talk about Noah Vedral, we can talk about Michael Dwumfer, we can talk about all these guys, Aaron Krugshank, you could throw in there as well. But the guys that were on this team last year look like immensely better football players. It shows you that. In my the way I see it, it shows you that Greg Schiano is getting the most out of what he has, and that the previous regime, the Chris Ash regime, was not developing players to the potential that they could have reached. I agree. I think that's indisputable. Watching uh, the game we just watched this weekend. <laughs> No, no, Chris, you, you're a hundred percent correct. I mean, if you, I mean, I mean, just look at the players that made the key plays. I think Avery, I mean, Trey Avery had an, a big interception. He had two fumble recoveries. Olakunle Fatakazi, the first time in six years that a Rutgers player has been named the co-defensive Big Ten Player of the Year. I mean, sorry, Big Big Ten Defensive Player of a game. I mean, I know those are just accolades, but but I mean, I particularly didn't think like Brendan White had the best game. He missed an interception that Trey Avery was able to able to complete. He got a lucky interception at the end of the game. Um, I think what you did see, though, was that I think there's two things you can look at. I think one was Greg Schiano added enough transfer portal players on the defensive unit that he took off pressure off of some of the players that were actually pretty outstanding, like Avery Young and Mike Tverdov and, and, and Julius Turner, who, who by far had one of the better games 
um, who was able, who was doing really well um, for his size and the way he was able to take up two offensive linemen play after play. Um, but yeah, I think you hit it spot on. I mean, Chris Ash did not do a good job of developing enough players or recruiting enough players that were that were decent. I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's the fact that Greshiana was able to get enough players on defense, uh, like like you've seen Brendan White and Michael Dunford revamp the defensive line, and was able to ex- really extract the best out of all the guys that were still remaining. And ultimately, you have what looks like to be a very promising defensive unit. Offensively, they saw some of, they still have quite a few kinks to work out, but defensively, they they look outstanding at least at least as outstanding as i've seen in the last five years now raj i want to sort of segue into my next point here i want to get both your thoughts on this but i'm going to start with you uh rutgers playing number 19 indiana this saturday home opener shi stadium um i I guess i want to say and i know you've had this circle on your calendar from the moment you found out you were broadcasting this game you'll be on the call with jake schmied I always love calling Halloween games. Yes, yes. I don't have. Do, the do we have up. that queued up? Do we I have don't that because up? it was on the legal ID hotkeys, uh, uh-huh. which goes to okay. show you how good I am at my job. Hang on a second, we got it now. Happy Halloween! If you don't think that's going into the game <laughs> promo, you just don't know me, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, I still remember that interview. That was before the Illinois game, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of slack from you guys for it. Mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, you were going with your question about Indiana. What's up? Yeah, well, I was also working in a subtle joke about how you didn't realize until today that you were broadcasting the game this weekend. Oh, oh, I mean, <laughs> I knew Mr. I, I don't check knew. the group me. I don't check the group. Hey, you know, there's there's been a lot of changes since last year. I usually got emails notifying me that I was calling a game. Now I I'm 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 trying to figure out, you know, well, who's calling he, the game. Okay, here's my in my defense. More people check the groomy than read their emails. No? Well that's then that's really unprofessional. I don't know what they're doing. You have to be checking your emails. Am I right? Okay, but yeah, but I I have to work with the reality I I'd live with and people on the group me all the time. They're not on their email all the time. So I post the schedule on the group me. I don't know. I find that really weird. I mean, in how, life, how did you, Raj, Raj, and, Raj, if you didn't see a schedule, how did you think like Doug knew to come here on Saturday to call the Michigan state game? I remember seeing the schedule. So that's the thing. I remember seeing that I was going to be calling the Indiana and Purdue game. I was just like, you know, where's the schedule? I want to confirm. And I'm checking my emails. Like, I'm like, I can't find an email from Chris Sakonis since like September 8th. And then I, next thing I know, it's like, it's in the group me, but there was no like attachment in the group me. I guess it was like a doc that you send in. So it didn't even pop up in the gallery. So then I was just like, I cannot find this doc. Um, I need Chris to send it to me again. Listen, you have my number. Whenever you have an issue, just hit me up and I'll help you out, Raj. Sounds good. Sounds All good. Right. But I All mean, right. I don't know. Looks like it looks like a very promising game. And look, no more noon starts for RU. How about that? 7.30. We're going up to prime time against Ohio State. How about that for a comeback? That's great. Yeah. yeah. Prime time. I mean, I mean. I mean, we were always primetime. Remember, you, you had a chance to call a primetime game last year. Yeah, but that was against UMass. Like, that doesn't even count. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, and it was only the only primetime game. Um, and I noticed that, by the way, if you play good football, you get primetime games. If you play really bad football, you get a lot of 12 o'clock. Michigan State and has, is playing some good football. Yeah, I was going to say, Michigan there State has two straight 12 o'clocks to follow up on their 12 o'clock season opener. So. Better get used to it down there in uh, – 
in, in East Lansing. Don't you mean out there? Because it's west. <sighs> yeah, yeah, out there. Sorry, <laughs> out there for me. <laughs> up there. Yeah, yeah. For Dennis, it is because Dennis is down in ACC country. That is true. Yeah, I that sure is true. Am. We're, we're the only real team is you could argue probably UNC and, and Clemson. Uh, I mean Notre Dame's good. They're in the ACC. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give. Notre I'm not going to sleep on Virginia out. Tech this year, but I need to look more at them. But anyways, I do think I have to, I I have to briefly be the pessimist about this Rutgers team. And it's the thing that everyone knows and everyone's going to talk about is seven turnovers in the first game. Like, it, it's probably not super sustainable. It doesn't have to be, though. Was, if they, it doesn't if have they're, to be. Like, even if they don't force a ton of turnovers, if they can, you know, bring that aggressiveness and they're playing on every down like they're trying to force a turnover, which is kind of aggressiveness mm -hmm. I've never seen in either watching Rutgers or watching my pro team. And I'll, and I'll rant about my pro team in the second hour. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> but... If you're that aggressive on defense, and it looks like they've gotten more talent than I think Rutgers fans maybe anticipated going into this season, I think they'll be just fine defensively. They may not. I, I still don't think they're going to win a ton of games, although mm -hmm. ESPN is now favoring us to win at least three games, including Michigan State. So I think Illinois. And I, I think three is a good amount, honestly. Yeah. And, and I think really, that's I. I mean, my my trajectory has changed. I I think this team can go four and four before they go play their ultimate Big Ten bowl game, you could call it, or whatever you want. to Okay. Do then my next uh, question to you, what's Raj. win number four? Yeah. Win number Illinois, four, I Maryland. Think it would have to be Purdue on Thanksgiving weekend. That's um, not. That I don't think that's impossible. I, I don't. I don't think it's impossible, but Purdue did take their first game. Yeah. They did beat Iowa, right? And I mean. And you can say what you want about Iowa's program. They went through a lot of restructuring over the summer and, you know, a lot of accusations against their head coach. So, you know, I, you know, I mean, there was a lot of pleasant surprises this weekend, to be very frank with you. I don't think anybody saw Indiana beating Penn State. We also had a competitive game. Um, so it was a ridiculous game. Just briefly I mean, talk ridiculous about that. Penn State we'll, lost we'll that game. It, Indiana did not win it. <laughs> but, but I didn't see Northwestern beating Maryland by 30-3. to three. Like, you know, there were a lot of upsets here. So I mm -hmm. think uh, people really undervalued how they were, how they expected things in the Big Ten to play out. I definitely see competitive game against Purdue, Illinois, and um, Maryland seem like very, very winnable games for Rutgers. And I think Purdue seems like a game where if things go for Rutgers, they could end up with winning that game. I'm not going to go out and start putting on a limb about anything about Michigan or Penn State at this point. Mm -hmm. I think that they could. A best case scenario is four wins if. You include the ninth week uh, Champions Week matchup where they're going to be facing off against the corresponding seed from the West Division. So, uh, but that's why I, I didn't really want to make that, and that's why I said in the beginning I, I, I was being I'm being cautious. You know, yeah, that's can, fair. But think about this though. So quick. I think the focus should be Indiana this week. I oh think yeah, Rutgers no doubt. Personally, has has house money with this. They're playing with house money at the end of the day. You have a, a Indiana team that's ranked 17th again. Another team that's ranked minus. Sorry, another team that's favored by minus 11 and a half points. Um, and for the listeners out there, that's what Michigan State was favor, uh, favored against Rutgers by. So do I think Rutgers has a chance? Yes, but I think this is a whole new beast um, coming up into into Piscataway. Okay. Um, here's the one thing that I think, you know, kind of blows my mind when we think about talking about this. If, you know, the best case scenario, they beat Illinois, they beat Maryland. You finish with, a three and five record, not even taking into account week nine. 
three and five. Do you you guys know the last year Rutgers finished three and five in the Big Ten? Uh, yes, I do. It's twenty fourteen. It's twenty seventeen. They went three and six. Did they win three? They games? didn't go three and five. Was it? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, because they beat um they beat Maryland. Well, they yeah, beat... they didn't go three and five, but yeah, I think yeah, the bigger yeah. thing, I'm, Dennis, I'm, yeah, was I'm... that they won three Big Ten games. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, 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 I, I two of those games were against like not the best Big Ten opponents. So it was Illinois, was... Purdue, and Maryland, right? Yeah, I mean, like you know, Maryland had a fifth string quarterback. Uh, Illinois looked pretty like that was the game that Rutgers was projected oh, yeah, to win. I, I think Purdue they won by like two points. The Purdue game was like, ugly. Like they won that game like fourteen to twelve. But yeah, they okay. My won my, uh, my uh, historical memory of Rutgers being poor, notwithstanding. But keep this in mind: three. Say they had say this was a normal year, no Corona, none none of that garbage, and they had played their original schedule. And they had gotten three Big Ten wins on that initial conference slate. Look, they had a pretty weak non-conference slate. They had uh, Monmouth, Syracuse, and Temple. And frankly, if they had played roughly as well as they did against Michigan State against those three teams, three three Big Ten wins might have been enough for them to go to a bowl game. Yeah, I was. Going I'm not to saying say, that Rutgers is going to do that under these circumstances, but I, I think that. Rutgers has a potential to get a jump start on the rebuild a lot faster than even we anticipated. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly think there's a decent chance that assuming that we have a normal bowl season, that Rutgers does just get invited to a bowl. Uh, three and five team in the Big Ten, especially. I mean, if we can win championship week, I do not know who we'd be up against in championship week. But if we win championship week, we're a four and five team in the Big Ten. That's absolutely a bowl caliber team. And if we have a normal bowl schedule, then Rutgers is absolutely a bowl level team. And that would be absolutely, absolutely huge, I think. I, again, I don't, I don't know, know what we're talking about bowl think. games. Well, I mean, no, well, but okay, we're fans. We're allowed to we're allowed to do that. We don't we don't have to be locked in on Indiana. The players do. The players shouldn't be talking about yeah. bowl games, but like I Chris Acone is talking I mean, in the studio, like he can talk about bowl games. Look, look, I think there's very, I think it's very promising. I, I, um, you know, this, this is a team. I mean, I mean, we don't know how things are going to play out for other teams. Like, how is Penn State going to fare? Like, potentially starting zero and two by playing Ohio State next week, right? I think there's a lot of things to take into factor here. Um, I think, I think if you're a Rutgers fan, I think there's, it's just very promising. I think you finally have a team on the board where you finally have respect from from people in college football once again. And I think that's like that's just a nice slate to be back on, considering everything that's happened in the last three and a half years. Oh, no question. I think we just take what we can get. Any win is a positive. I said before like, look, before like, the season like I thought the conversation like think about the conversation this time last week was can Rutgers snap their their like dreaded two plus a year like big ten streak. And it yeah. was one game. So but like, I mean you know, yeah I'm, true. But Raj, did you think that Rutgers would have looked as good as they did against Michigan State a lot this time last week? No, no shot. I mean, did I think they had a chance to win? Yeah, I called it a 50-50. I called it a toss-up. No no team beats another team like that when it's a toss-up. That was – Rutgers was by far the better team. And that's the reason why Michigan State is – that's why the line between Michigan State and Michigan, this uh, the game coming up, is like minus 25 and a half. That's crazy. I mean – Think Could about you imagine that. being I mean, a fan of a team with a a four touchdown spread? Couldn't be us. Uh, three years, <laughs> last three years. I know, last three years. I remember so. I told I told someone um, there I was going I told him I was going out to Indiana for the Rutgers Indiana game this time last year, 
And let's just say I was a little bit less confident about that game than I am about this weekend's game. Um, oh, I mean, like, oh, that, what's that was horrendous. They're like, that oh, what's the spread? I'm like, four touchdowns. They're like, what? But those dark days are behind us. Yeah. We, I'm not oh, saying we're going to win this weekend. I think it'll be a competitive game. Listen, I hope it'll be a competitive game. Michael Penix Jr., I don't know if you've seen this guy play. I got, I got a chance to see him in person out in Indiana last year, back when we were allowed to do such things. Let me tell you. Hopefully, hopefully again soon. Kid can ball. Like, oh yeah, this guy's far. legit. I, I mean, I mean, look, I, I, I got in a big argument with the, with the end of that game. I personally thought that he was short, um, because of the way the ball, the ball's angle changed. It's, it's so way. hard to call him short on a play. He's like six that, foot though. three, two hundred eighteen pounds, and you're saying he's not big enough. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he didn't hit the pylon. I thought the oh, angle of the, oh, I thought you said he was short, yeah. like. Oh, okay. No, 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 I, no. I completely I thought, I'm that. talking about the end of the game. I'm saying he was oh, short okay. of the pylon. I, I, I take that back. I misunderstood. Because <laughs> when I keep rewatching the the replay on that play, the angle of the ball changes. It, it literally changes as it hits the pylon, and that wouldn't really happen if he dove straight in and hit the pylon without hitting the ground first. Yeah, I I don't know. That is like the narrowest touchdown I have ever seen. Yeah, that is like yeah. a literal definition of, um, you know, you're like. As soon as you cross the start of the plane, like you're in for the touchdown. It, it literally I was just that. think Penn State deserved to lose that game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I kid you not. I'm really happy that they lost. Um, I mean, regardless that, of them being Penn State and us disliking them, just the series of events that goes from them having the ball, the other team having one timeout, and there being a minute uh, and, and 40 seconds left down. on the clock. They got, they, they got the first down. They won the game. If they if they just kneel at mm -hmm. the one yard line, instead they walk in, that is poor clock. They get a management. touchdown. That's yeah. yeah but first might, of all, I the mean, clock if, management's awful. For, first of all, if he just laid down at the one yard line, right? If he stopped and laid down the one yard line, the game is over. The game yep. is over. You cannot you can you can stop the clock one more time, but you can only stop the clock on first down. So like the game is over at that point. You win by eight points. Instead, now you start at zero and one. And Penn State, I mean, many people will say we'll start at 0 2. There's I don't see I don't see any team being Ohio State um this year. So just to be very not frank, I mean <laughs> not in the Big Ten at least. I mean, they started out slow against Nebraska, I thought personally, and then they demolished them anyway. So yeah. Um and, and Nebraska's not a great team. And Penn State will put up a bigger fight, but do I think Penn State's gonna win with no crowd in Happy Valley? No. Also, I just think like it, it was the first week out of uh a long break for Ohio State. I'll give them a quarter to set set like to to settle things. Like that's not. I I, I will absolutely give a an elite team like that a quarter of like practicing on the field to actually get ready, um, and still give them the benefit of the doubt of all of that. So. I yeah I, I expect that they will beat Penn State. I, I was just so I was so bothered by that end of the game from Penn State because they could have won that game like three different times. Like there are, there are many different ways they could have actually just won that game and Indiana would have had no way to come back. And they found the only way to give Indiana a way back into the game because even with the touchdown, they could have gone for two. And if the two point conversion succeeds, game over, basically, because Indiana now has to score twice in a minute and 30 seconds with one timeout and that's next to impossible i just they they wanted to lose that game <laughs> and they deserve to and, and you know what the best lost. part about this is they got ohio state coming up next 
don't know about you, yep. but I don't think Ohio State's losing a game. That's yep. just me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might lose to Rutgers, but they're not losing anyone else. Um, but <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Penn State's going to probably start game. their season 0-2, and, and with the expectations that fan base has, their season's already ruined. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is pretty great. I'm not going to lie. That's and, I mean, this team— uh, So satisfying. I guess I'm curious on whether it's Indiana is good or Penn State is bad, and we're probably not going to find out in this next week. Um, Unless Indiana absolutely trounces Rutgers, then we we can probably say, okay, Indiana is pretty good. Um, And, I mean, we can probably see if Penn State gets demolished by Ohio State, we can say, okay, they're probably not very good. But uh, even with that, I don't think we can judge the true strength of those two teams. Um, but I am so excited for this Rutgers season now. Like, we, we have a lot of ranked teams on the schedule, but I think every team on the schedule that is not currently ranked is a winnable game. As much as it will be difficult, and that's, what, four games? <laughs> That's yeah, that's three remaining games that are not against ranked teams, not including the championship week. Um, but even then, that's still a very doable schedule. And I really like what Rutgers has shown at this point. So it's good to have an exciting season, you know? It's uh it's so nice. Us uh long suffering Rutgers fans long suffering move to yes. <laughs> long suffering. I moved to new jersey for first year of college and that's all i've experienced with this rutgers team welcome back to the wrsu crew i'm chris Aconis. earlier today coach greg shiano had a chance to sit with the media and discuss rutgers upcoming game against indiana following their first big 10 win since 2017. here's what he had to say hey guys appreciate you uh getting on Moved on Sunday night, had good practice yesterday, and it's uh, all eyes on Indiana. Obviously a real good football team. Coach Allen's done a tremendous job uh, building the program. I uh, took over um, and has really built a program where, you know, they're a nationally ranked team. Kevin Wilson was there before and did a great job. So Indiana football's been on the rise here for a while. This isn't a new thing. Uh, and I, I really like, you know, in watching all three phases, I really like the, the kind of team that coaches put together out there. Um, they play really hard, and they're good in all three phases. So it's a, it's going to be a big challenge and uh, one that uh, we're looking forward to. We're excited about coming, playing in our stadium. Although we're not going to have many people here, we're going to have loved ones and uh, looking forward to, to playing another game here in about five days. So with that, I'll open up the questions. We'll take our first question from Chris Eisman with Gannett. Hey, Greg, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Chris? Good, thank you. Um, obviously, after the win, there's some, you know, raised expectations, maybe more attention on the program right now. I mean, how do you kind of want to see your players respond to this, you know, throughout the week in practice and then leading into the game and, and how they handle this? Well, it's going to sound very coach-speakish, but uh, that's that's what we've talked about all along is, you know, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. We have to be able to continue to uh, – you know, our word is we chop. You have to be able to chop and, and not get distracted by the bombs that are going off on your right and your left. So um, that's really that's what we train them for. That's how we try to train ourselves. And 
Uh, obviously, every week in the Big Ten, as I said after the game, it's like the NFL in my opinion. Uh, every week is a tremendous challenge. Can you be in it in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win? That's that's the goal. Thanks. Sergeant with NJ.com. Greg, the old coaching adage, uh, you make your biggest improvement from week one to week two. Uh, what Which uh, areas do you need to make the most improvements in? Uh, again, this will sound coach speakish, but in all areas. I mean, we, we are such a, a young, young group, and I don't mean necessarily by years of school. I just mean time together, right? It's been so choppy, and um, we don't have – forget what we don't have in. That that isn't. We need to get better at what we do have in. We don't really need to be moving into any new, new things right now because uh, our efficiency was uh, not what we're looking for uh, in certain areas, and we need to improve that. Uh, and that's in all three phases. So there's a lot to work on. We tried to address some of those things last, you know, yesterday in our first day out after the game, but uh, today the players are off, and then uh, tomorrow we'll get right back at it. Next question is from Bobby Darren, Scarlet Nation. Coach, Olukunle Fatukasi won co-defensive player of the week. Can you just talk about his performance and what he brings to the table at that linebacker position? We certainly had a had a very good game. I think, you know, double-digit tackles, two two takeaways and a and a recovered fumble. So, um, or two forced fumbles and a recovered fumble, if I remember correctly. So, very, very happy for him. He's worked very hard. Um, but as you guys know, when we get to this point, those are nice. But once we put the, bed, the game to bed on Sunday, it's, it's all eyes on, on Indiana, and I'm sure 03 is, is in that same mode. Next question is from Tom Canavan with AP. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Tom? Good. Last weekend was your first trip out of your bubble. <laughs> and I'm wondering, since you got back, and we've talked so much about COVID-19, did you come back all healthy? Um, were there any blips or? Well, I'm, you know, once we got into the season, I told you guys I'm not going to really get into the COVID uh, medical where we are, yeses and nos. I was pleased with the way that everything went as far as procedurally uh, for the most part. You know, we wouldn't know yet, Tom, if we had a lingering effect from the trip, you know, but now we're getting into it. These next couple days, we're going to know. And I think I said it to you guys on an earlier call early on. Now I don't, I'm not sure this is still true, true, but early on the teams that were having in football, the teams that were having troubles were teams that had returned from a road trip, five of the six. Now there's so many more now, but at the very beginning I was tracking that and that was certainly, a, you know, a concern of ours and we worked really, really diligently to try to take every precaution but you know as I've said all along you got to do all the right things and then you know who's kidding who you got to get a little lucky and um, but we'll we'll know a little bit more here as the as the week unfolds the next question is from James Cratch nj.com Greg I'm just curious uh, Indiana was a lot like you guys last week you know the offense took a lot of advantage of a bunch of takeaways does that make it difficult to kind of game plan for them because they had so many short fields, you don't really necessarily know what they're going to look like. Well, I think, you know, they're building a program, and they're really pretty far along, right? I mean, they're a nationally ranked team. Um, so there's a lot of similarities. Uh, I know some of their coaches. You know, I know Coach Allen 
Uh, he was down at South Florida when I was living in Tampa. Uh, really a respected coach, a very good uh, tactician, as well as, a, I think, a tremendous man. So you're talking about a program that's being run the right way. Uh, um, I do think that as a, as a, as a program, they're, they're really on track. And um, Bill Sheridan, who was my defensive coordinator, at Tampa Bay, his son Nick is the offensive coordinator there, so um, there's definitely a connection there. And and Bill's an excellent coach, and and as is Nick. So I think I think what Coach has done is put together a really good staff, and has recruited very well, and uh, now has a team that you know that's that's a Big Ten football team that's uh, that to be reckoned with. So we really got our hands full. Uh, that's that's for sure. Take our next question from Patrick Mulrannan from the Press of Atlantic City. Hey, Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Patrick? Fine, thank you. Uh, so my question is just uh, one of, we have a lot of, like I talked to you before, a lot of local kids down in our area from all high schools that went to Rutgers right now. One, and Muhammad, who had a really big game, uh, you know, fast rush on Saturday. Um, I just want you to talk. Can you please talk about him as a player? And kind of his growth from last year, only playing in two games from this year and starting out pretty much having a dominant game on Saturday against Michigan State. Well, Mo, Mo has uh, worked very hard, and um, he's in a, playing in a position where uh, he has an opportunity to rush the passer in, in our sub packages. And uh, right now that's his first step, and, and uh, he did. He had, he had some production uh, on Saturday needs to really continue to grow in that role and then also in his linebacking role and for, you know, in base defense. But he's a very promising prospect for sure. Next question from Steve Politti, NJ.com. Hey, Greg, I've got a two-part Indiana question for you. I'm curious first, did you see the end of that game? And what did you think of, of Allen's decision to go for two there at the very end? And secondly, are there parallels between what he's building and what you have to build at Rutgers given historical challenges in, in this in this conference for well first part I did see it uh, we had just landed and uh, Brian Bordner was sitting behind me or Brendan Bordner was sitting behind me and he had it on his phone so I was kind of hunched over the seat looking at it and uh, and then and then I knew he was going to go for two I, I I was excited for him I said come on man not that you know I'm not rooting for anybody over anybody else, but uh, you know I love watching those situations, right? And uh, when when they went for two, and then and then uh, Penix, what a what an unbelievable effort to get that ball on the pylon. I mean, you're talking about uh, you know just a, a an unbelievable physical act to lay out and get that thing and keep his legs off the ground, which would have been out of bounds had they touched. I mean, it was really really good. So uh, big win for them for sure. Just to, the second part about the historical differences between the, I mean, the similarities between the program they've built and the one you're trying to build. Is, is there something uh, that you can see from what they've done at, at Indiana that could also apply to what you're doing at Rutgers? For sure. It's kind of weird. It, it's, um, it's not only where we want to go, right, and that's be a nationally ranked program in the Big Ten Conference, but the way they did it is very similar to the way we did it last time. They recruited Florida very heavily. Tom has great connections uh, in the state of Florida. And if you look at, you know, you look at the quarterback and the receiver, uh, their number one receiver, um, Whoop, who's from Tampa, and so is Penix from Tampa. I and I actually recruited Penix when I was at Ohio State, so I'm very familiar with him. Um, 
they have a lot of players on their roster from Florida, which is something that, that we kind of built our program on our first go-around. So uh, I, have, I have observed what Coach Allen has done there before I got to Rutgers and have been very impressed. So, yeah, there, there's several similarities. We're going to take two more questions. The next question is from Len Robbins. I heard you say before about, you know, you just keep chopping, but you're in a results-oriented business. So what did these, this win mean for you in terms of going forward, recruiting, how people perceive your program? What does it mean? What does it do? Well, we, Len, we are in a results-oriented business, and, and uh, certainly when you win, it helps all those areas. But I think the hardest challenge as a coach is to keep your entire program, right, everyone from the head coach through the players, the assistant coaches, the, the support staff, to stay in a process mode. And that's really what CHOP is. It's, you know, staying focused on the process, whatever it might be. Yesterday it was a wrap-up meeting and then a Sunday practice. Uh, because the reality is when they're not with us, when you lose, you hear a lot of bad stuff. And when you win, you hear a lot of good stuff from the outside world. But when we have them, we have to make sure that we are focused on the process. And that's what CHOP is. And that's why we live by that. Because, uh, as I tell them, the world will lie to you, both in the good times and the bad. And you need to just stay on the process, and that's what we do. And uh, that's what we're going to continue to do. That's what this program is built on. Final question to Mike Pavlichko. At SHI Stadium, obviously you talked about, you know, loved ones and family and all that kind of thing. What's that going to be like? Any distractions to worry about uh, with players, too, in that regard? Because now it's just them? Now there's always distractions, Mike. Uh, there was distractions this weekend, right? First time playing in a, an environment with no fans or limited fans and, you know, uh, artificial noise. There's always going to be distractions in sport. The key, I think, is how do you limit the distractions and how do you keep your guys, your whole organization, focused on, on the task or on the process. And that's literally what, you know, in, in going back to Len's question, that's literally what CHOP is about, you know, and when you talk metaphorically about staying focused on the spot on the tree, because otherwise you're going to swing the ax really, really hard and it's going to do no, no good for you. You're either going to hit above it, you're going to hit below it, there's going to be a little chip of wood come out, and you really haven't made any progress, and you've wasted a lot of energy. And that's what we try not to do. Uh, you know, we're going to ask our, our whole organization to do certain things. And if we're going to expend the energy, energy necessary to do that, we want to be able to have it be beneficial to the, to the program. So that's really the process thinking. Some might think that's boring. I think that's the secret. You know, I really do. I think you have to be able to do that as an organization, not just the players, every single person in the organization. And uh, not that we don't enjoy it when we win. We do. We take our time to to celebrate and have fun. But then, you know, the reality is another one's coming. And right now it's uh, it's uh, five days away and we got to get ready. So That was Rutgers head coach Greg Schiano speaking with the media ahead of this weekend's home opener against number 19, Indiana. You hear the music, you hear the car keys, you know what that means. It's time for your favorite degenerates here at WRSU Sports. To give you their picks for the week. It is locks of the week. Chris Akonis along with Raj Shah and Dennis Geisler coming at you from their respective bunkers. Gentlemen. Yeah. Either of you have a pick you want to give right off the bat? 
Raj seemed excited for it, so I wanted to know what he had. You know, I my my pick didn't hit this week, so I'm kind of a little I'm a little down uh, this week. Um, what was your pick again? That's, uh... Refresh my memory. I had I had Bills minus ten. Sorry, Bills minus nine and a half. <laughs> well, um, we'll talk about that in the next. In unfortunately, the next, uh... they only won by eight because of a couple of missed field goals. So I'm, I'm a little oh. bummed out. Um, the Jets covered. I'm I'm shocked. I, I really am. Um, you and, and me both. Game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm really looking at the slate. Something that looks really like popping to me. I think there's I think there's two games that really stand out to me that you know you should you should get involved in on. Uh, one, I think Packers Vikings. Packers by minus six and a half. I mean, Minnesota hasn't looked all that good this year. Um, do I think they're they're bad as 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 they as a record? No, but do I think the Packers win this by more than a touchdown? A hundred percent. I would definitely go down that road. And the Jets play the Chiefs. They're they're at nineteen and a half point under. I mean, underdogs. Yeah, I I go with the Chiefs. They'll, they'll cover this one. They'll blow them out. Old reliable New York Jets. Dennis Geisler, you're up. Old reliable New York Jets, of course. Uh, I don't see. I don't want to make this pick, but I know I do want to make this pick. Uh, tonight's NFL game: Bears at Rams. Okay, so look, the Bears are five and one. I know everyone's like, ah, oh, it's the Bears. They're five and one, whatever. They are one of the best defenses in the league. You can't take that away from them. Whatever the offense has been doing, the defense has been absolutely stellar. They've been incredible. The defense is awful. The Bears defense? Mm-hmm. The Bears defense is the only reason they're five and one, Raj. What are you talking about? Yeah, they're really good. What do you think? Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles are like winning a bunch of shootouts? Hey, look, Nick Foles has been getting hot at the right times. They would not be five and one if Nick Cole wasn't Nick Foles was not delivering. Dennis, do you I mean, agree in, with that it, assessment? I if if Nick Foles was not playing well, then yes, but I also think that Nick Foles is not the primary reason why the Bears are winning games. I don't think the offense is the primary reason why the Bears are winning games. Yeah, they but what I'm trying to get up. at is they wouldn't be five and one if they didn't have at least a competent enough quarterback at the end of the day. That's true, but at the same time, but, it's like but, he he is yeah, only so the just competent the enough. Credit. Yes, it does, but I don't think they'll be five and one just with the defense that they have at the end of the day. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that this defense is very good, um, and it's where I I am segueing into talking about the Rams, where they haven't played the best. Uh, I mean, you look at this team and they're four and two, but the thing you have to remember about this team is that their four wins are against the NFC East, like the four teams in the NFC East, a.k.a. all teams that are below, they're all below 500. They're all like some of them are, most of them are some of the worst teams in the NFL right now. (laughs) That was pretty good. So looking at this, looking at Rams. (laughs) I said some of the worst, not the worst. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you, you look at this line Rams minus six and a half. I think the bears can at least keep it to a field goal. Like, I don't think that this should be a very one-sided game. And I think I even favor the bears. I hate saying that as a bears fan, because I know I'm, it means that the bears are going to be in for getting completely stomped in this game, but I don't know. I, I just haven't seen it out of the Rams yet. 
I haven't seen the ability to win games against teams not in the NFC East. You know, I and on I, the I other hand, like I have pick. seen. You know, I think the Rams are, are a mysterious group that hasn't really demonstrated their true value this year. That's true, but I, I mean, I, I just really like this Bears defense. And at the end of the day, if you want to keep a game, like I, I would absolutely take. Yeah, I would take the under in this game, forty-four and a half. Uh, I think that's pretty reliable. Um. I mean, you look at, say, the Bears against uh, Tampa, and they held Tom Brady to 19 points. He was not perfectly on that night, but you've got to give a lot of credit to the Bears' defense. And this defense has been just very good this entire season. And at the very least, they should be able to keep it within a touchdown. Like, not at a touchdown, but, like, less than a touchdown at the end of the game. So that's that's my lock. I'm going to feel very bad when the Bears lose tonight, but... It'll be okay. I'll be fine. Chris, you got something? Yeah, I've got Michigan at uh, or Michigan State at Michigan. The spread in that game is Michigan minus 24 and a half. I am picking the Spartans to cover. I don't think they mm-hmm. looked as bad as a lot of people think. I didn't think they played badly at all against Rutgers. Um, you know, I think that Michigan State, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think 24 and a half is a little bit disrespectful. So I do think they cover that. I mean, Michigan can put up a lot of points. Yeah, but I like, know. I think, I think, I think they'll lose by more than twenty-five and a half points. You really, you think it's going to be like really bad? Yeah, I mean, look, look what Michigan did to Minnesota. I mean, they won by twenty-five on the road against a pretty decent. It wasn't Minnesota that bad, but team. yes, it wasn't fifty-two nothing, but it was still a twenty-five point victory against yeah, a pretty yeah. solid I mean, Minnesota team. It was a blowout, team. Chris. I mean, the Michigan team looked good, and yes, they might have played a really good game in prime time, and. Jim Harbaugh might have really stuck it to P.J. Fleck, but, like, I don't know. I think I, – I, I don't know. I, I, this Michigan State team did not look good. Rocky Lombardi, like, they were they were flowing the ball. And they were Lombardi threw the for over 300 movement. yards. I know. What I'm saying is that they were getting the ball movement, but, like, they were sloppy, man. Like, how do you have seven turnovers? Seven. I mean, most of those were – like, I mean, most of those were just Rutgers forcing fumbles. So yes, they were stripping the ball really well, yeah, and I agree. Were. But there were a couple of bad interceptions, lack of communication for sure. I saw in a couple of plays, um, and the, and then um, there were some. But I mean, like yeah, they they, they Rutgers scores fumbles, but there were also three interceptions in the game too. By Rocky Lombardi. Was it three or I thought it was only two. It was two um, interceptions. Oh, one of one of them might have been overturned and brought back, if that makes sense. I do remember an interception I think it was, being overturned. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So I of no withdrawal interception was overturned. I mean, sorry, a no withdrawal pick six was overturned, and then a Rocky Lombardi interception by Trey Avery was also overturned. We'll see how we'll see how that shakes out. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't hate it, but I I don't love that. I don't think it's a lock. Okay, that's fair. Um, uh. Mm-hmm. I didn't really yeah, see anything. Like, did you, did you, do you think that Michigan State team was just played poorly against Rutgers yesterday or on Saturday? Well, I, I'm not. I'm not saying they played great, but I think they played better than I think people are giving them credit for. And I will say this, and, and I noticed this a lot in basketball too when Rutgers started to improve. There's also this whole perception of, oh my God, you lost to Rutgers, where people just sort of assume that you know because Michigan State lost to Rutgers, it's all on them for being a bad team, and I, I feel like they kind of overweigh that and they underweigh, you know, Rutgers improving substantially over where they were this time last year. So I think that that perception is sort of making people view Michigan State's performance as worse than it actually was. 
I really think if they didn't look, the turnovers were the big, big issue in that game for Michigan State. I, I think if they didn't control the turnovers, they had controlled the turnovers better. They would have had a much better chance of winning that game. But you know, a lot of that's mm-hmm. on the Rutgers defense too. But I don't think that Michigan State is this hopeless lost cause that uh, people make them out to be. Now Maryland, on the other hand, yeah, that's a clown fiesta down there. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's. Well, I don't know what's like in the water in College Park, but that was abysmal. Yeah, that's Maryland for you. Did you see uh, what happened to Maryland, Raj? Yeah, thirty to three by Northwestern, out of all people. So was it thirty eight to three? Was that the final score? I think it was 30, 30 to three. So oh, I'm pretty 43 sure it was to three. It was forty three. I am looking at it with my eyes right now. Oh, forty three to three. Oh, maybe I turned off the TV too early. But yeah. um, oh my goodness! I mean, that was a shellacking. I think Loxley's out soon. Soon. I think. Um, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think Peyton Ramsey uh, should probably win the Heisman, but you know that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> no, that's good, man. Uh, well, Peyton good. Ramsey. Here's the thing about Peyton Ramsey. It's funny because this time last year he was on uh, Indiana, and it was all like I was making, I was doing my prep for the Indiana game last year, and I'm like, wow, Indiana has two guys that are capable of starting in the Big Ten, and Peyton Ramsey and Michael Penix Jr. And you know, obviously, you know, Ramsey luckily gets a chance to shine uh, in Evanston, uh, but. Man. Also, Tua's brother, Talia Tagovailoa, uh, 94 passing yards on 14 completions and no touchdowns and three picks. So, not good. Not, not, not uh, Tagovailoa. Work in progress. Ask. Work in progress. Work in progress. That is, um, that's one way of putting it, Raj. Maryland Michigan, level. I mean, sorry, not Michigan. Maryland has weapons, though. I mean, I remember they got, I think it was Rakeem Jarrett, if, if I'm mistaking that. He's like the five-star wide receiver, like from their, their class in 2020. So like they have players that can make plays. Loxley done a good job recruiting, but it's not sticking together. They have talent. Let's not forget that. Yeah, they have talent. I'm not gonna uh, disregard that. But 43 is it enough three? talent to compete in the Big Ten, though? Yeah, I mean, I don't. We care. can say that now because we won a Big Ten game. <laughs> I'm con- I'm telling you right now, and I think Northwestern's a good team. Don't get me wrong. I think they're. They had a really down year last year, but for the most part, this program has been on the right trajectory under Pat Fitzgerald. 43-3. to Like, Northwestern's good, but if you, if they're beating you by 40, there is something seriously wrong with your program. I don't care. I don't care, like... I mean, Rutgers wasn't even losing by that much no, to some if, of these No, if we played teams. Northwestern last year, we wouldn't have lost. Well, maybe we would have, but right now we certainly wouldn't. Not by 40. No. Because we'll keep I mean, the reason why I say maybe not because be last fair, year we to lost fair, to Maryland forty two to seven. Maryland last year by forty one. So. so I don't think yeah. That's I, a good point. That's but, a good point. <laughs> that's true. But but to be fair, I, I don't think this year's Rutgers team is going to lose by would lose by forty to Northwestern because we don't play Northwestern this year unless you know we meet up with them in week nine because we don't know who we're going to play in week nine. But honestly, very I think possible. The only game, I, think. I think only game if you're if you're like a, a mid tier Big Ten team. That you should lose to another Big Ten team at forty points is probably Ohio State. Like that's about it. Even then, like if you want to be taken seriously, like you should at least be somewhat competitive. Like I'm not saying it has to be like a one score game in the fourth quarter, but you shouldn't be losing. If you're if you want to be considered a legitimate Big Ten team, you probably shouldn't be losing by forty to really anybody. Like you should it, probably be able to put up a touchdown. Yes, put up a couple. No, put up a couple touchdowns. I would say, at the very least, comparing like, to the Northwestern game, because Nebraska's not good, touchdown. and they they scored a few points against Ohio State. What was the final score in that game? It was something like fifty-two seventeen, I think. 
That was it was 15. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska had 17 points. But they were but they were like somewhat in that game at halftime. Like it wasn't a complete Yes, yes. Yes. It wasn't the a doors complete, down, it was like 24-14 like, right. at halftime. It was a good game at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even without that, like that's that's a perfectly competent score. They looked fine. <laughs> if Wisconsin falters, then they could be in the running for the Big Ten West because no one knows what's happening in the Big Ten West, other than that Wisconsin is probably pretty good. Yeah, like every year, and Iowa usually doesn't play, but Iowa's in shambles after that Purdue loss. Yeah, that's a weird one. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even know about it until today. Somehow it just slipped my uh, radar. Oh, my goodness. Unprofessional, right, Chris Sikonis? Um, I, I wouldn't be calling anyone under, unprofessional, Mr. I don't check the group me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Like, you have no no standing. No standing whatsoever. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. You know, email, email is the cornerstone of, of communication in the United States of America. You're going to lecture email. a Sky student about communication? Yes. Yes, just like how somebody lectured me about the healthcare system a few months back. I never lectured you about the healthcare system. No, I said another member in the group, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we will keep that. Uh, we'll keep that to ourselves <laughs> as we go through our. Um, I, I guess we kind of just made this segment out of thin air. Our Big Ten weekly roundup on WRCUFM New Brunswick. Um, how to get the legal ID in there? It's the top of the hour, and I don't feel like going to break. Yeah. So here we are. Um, I think we covered every game. Um, Michigan-Minnesota. I mean, I only caught a little bit of that game because I was kind of gassed after uh, after Rutgers. But, um, yeah, that was yeah, – I, I didn't expect that to be a blowout either. Like, Minnesota put on some points, but after the season no, they had it, last but it, year. But it was it was over, like, midway through the second quarter. I mean uh, – Yeah. No, they were outplayed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not taking that. They, away. they got. They got outplayed. Yeah, that's fair. And, and like PJ Fleck is a, a very respectable coach, so he'll he'll get the troops back in order. But um, I don't know. It was disappointing to see that game because you finally thought Minnesota made their major breakthrough last season and coming up just short of making the Big Ten title game. So you thought, hey, you know, this is their chance. This is their season. What a great way to start prime time on ABC against Michigan. Um, but I, but I, if I'm not mistaken, they were also missing a few of their players. So, you know, I think that might have came back to haunt them at the end of the day. I, mean, I don't think I'd count them out at this point. Um, I mean, Michigan, despite the fact that Michigan is never winning games against Ohio State, they're still a very good program. They're still a very good team. It's difficult to take games against Michigan in the Big Ten. And, I mean, if they can just run over the Big Ten West, force an important game against Wisconsin... We'll we'll see what they can do there, but uh, they should be set up to at least uh, have that, at least have the um, potential in the Big Ten West to do something. Yeah. Um, it's going to be like, look, I, I think the Big Ten top to bottom is um, arguably the most competitive conference in college football with the, you know, I mean, Ohio State's, Another stratosphere, but once you get past Ohio State, I don't think like from two to like maybe eleven or twelve, I don't think the gap is as big as um, you know some people make it out to be. Um, mm -hmm. It's gonna be gonna be interesting to see. And, and can I just say like, think about how crazy this would all this would have sounded five weeks ago when we had you know the talk was maybe the Big Ten will play in like January. And all the good, all the top stars, Justin Fields, um, 
I, I go on and on, uh, all of them, you know, opting out to go to the draft. And, you know, we'd only play like six games or whatever. If we got even that to here we are, we're recapping uh, the first week of the season in mid-October. And, you know, Rutgers is in a good place. And we're seeing all these great players play on these great teams. So the fact that the Big Ten is where it is is kind of amazing when you think about it. Yeah, it really is. And just that Rutgers has a victory. That's that's the truly exciting part, you know? Yep, rah, rah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. All right. I forgot, uh, who was that? Who that was, was that? RJ. Oh, right, right, right. I remember that now. Okay. That was at the um, wrestling, was a quad wrestling meet. game, right? It was a quad was beat. Like it had like seven quad. people there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oof. Anyways, yeah, that, was, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while pre, ago. Pre, That's pre, like pre, the quad pre. meet is like the preseason meet, really, because, you know, like it's they're playing three other schools, I think. I think they were all D2 schools. I'm I'm kind of blanking because I called part of that, and then I had to come here to produce. I remember that day pretty well. Um, that that Chris, was an Chris interesting Dakota, vibe. Chris Dakota's grinding at, at WRSU, always. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know if I would consider myself that highly. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of overselling me here a little bit, Raj. Oh, I'm just I'm just making up for, for, for uh, you know, really um, – What's what's the what's the proper term? I guess we're gaslighting your communication skills on trashing on, it. On, you trashed me. You disrespected oh, me. Maybe trashing your communication skills. You know. Yeah. Who yeah. Me. Use, who doesn't use an the email student server? at the Rutgers School of Communication and Information? All right, Raj. All right, I'll give you a pass on that. You th- you think you're better than us just because you've been here since the Louisville game? Like, come on. I haven't, but you've been here since the birth of college football. If there was a boo hotkey, I would play it right now because that was an awful joke. I don't know. I, I hear Dennis cracking up in the background, so I, I think I, I did I did what I needed to do. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. I found the <laughs> Leroy the dog, you know, the dog who's an NFL insider. He picked the Bears the what? against the spread. Wait, what is this? Uh, yeah, is Leroy the dog. It's this guy who's like a real NFL insider, and he pretends to be his dog. Oh, that's um, actually hilarious. Yeah, and so Leroy has broken like some pretty major stories because he just pretends to be the dog. But the the actual dog Leroy predicted uh the Bears against the spread tonight. He's five and oh on Monday night games uh like this year, so I trust him. So I, I what I'm saying is that I'm pretty sure that uh my lock is going to hit tonight because the dog agreed with me and that's what's important but yeah no, I, I, disagree. Sure yeah, I disagree <laughs> i highly disagree with that i don't actually disagree with that i just uh i i miss playing the hotkey mm-hmm. definitely follow at leroy insider on twitter great great account okay, honestly. i will i will well guys you want to head a break sure all right Second hour of the WRC crew against some NFL, some MLB, really whatever comes to our heads um, on the other side of this break. It's Chris Akonis, Dennis Geisler, and Raj Shah on the crew.
You're listening to WRC Crew on 88.7 WRCU-FM, New Brunswick. They say, oh my God, I see the way you shine. 